I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Once Upon a Gene is proud to be part of Bloodstream Media. Living in a family affected by rare and chronic illness can be isolating, and sometimes the best medicine is connecting to the voices of people who share your experience. This is why Bloodstream Media produces podcasts, blogs, and other forms of content for patients, families, and clinicians impacted by rare and chronic diseases. Visit bloodstreammedia.com to learn more. Hello, friends. I'm Effie Parks. Once a month, I release this extra special episode in a series I call A Rare Collection. It features a few people from the rare disease community, each telling a true story with the same theme. I'm super excited to present the 11th episode in this storytelling series. I've always been moved by storytelling, and I believe there's so much power in them for both the listener and the storyteller. I'm the luckiest podcaster ever in that this is what I get to do for fun, passion, and purpose. Today's episode features three of our ride or dies, the therapists who take care of our kids and end up becoming family sometimes. The theme for today is Penny for Your Thoughts. The storytellers have the utmost freedom to be creative and take the theme wherever their heart desires. Here's a story from Dree Barr, who was Ford's physical therapist for the first three years of his life. You can now find her taking care of kids from all over the world at Napa Center in Denver. As a physical therapist, I'm considered a movement specialist. I'm supposed to be an expert on body mechanics, movement patterns, and providing diagnosis of the musculoskeletal system. Language and communication are not things covered in my education, yet as a pediatric therapist, the subject comes up so frequently. Before I go on, let me bring you back to a recent experience of mine. I was covering a single session with a kiddo I had never met before. To protect his privacy, let's call him Ben. I walk up to Ben and introduce myself to him and his mom and start talking to him. I ask him how his day is going, if he's been working hard in therapy today, and what kinds of songs he likes to sing. As the session moves along, I offer songs, praise, and words of encouragement. At first, Ben didn't seem very interested in my attempts. He was probably ignoring the crazy new PT and trying to play possum so he could trick me out of having to do any hard work. And the worst part is, if I'm going to be totally honest at this point, I'm not completely sure how interested I was in learning about Ben. I catch myself having this fleeting thought. It's only one session. You just have to make it through 40 more minutes. I pause before our next exercise to reconsider my position. One session with me, or 20, Ben deserves the best care I can give him. I redirect my language from talking at Ben to talking to him. Instead of making statements he probably doesn't care about, I switch to asking him yes or no questions and giving him a chance to respond. Do you know what happened next? Ben responded. He didn't shout out an excited yes or an irritated no. 
but he raised and furrowed his eyebrows and he made purposeful eye contact with me and then looked away. I continued with this throughout our session and asked his mom if he had ever had a speech and language evaluation. She said no, and honestly, at this point, I can't remember exactly why. I want to say it was something along the lines of speech had never been a priority before because of his frequent seizures and drowsy state. I suggested Ben might be trying to communicate with us and encouraged signing up for a speech eval. As I said before, I have no training in speech therapy and clearly I am so far from being an expert of language, but it's something I've had to learn through experience. And luckily I've had the opportunity to work with many wonderful speech therapists who have been willing to teach me. Communication isn't just words strung together into sentences. Communication utilizes a variety of sounds, vocalizations, gestures, sign language, facial expressions, eye gaze, body language, laughter, tears, and an angry grunt. The list goes on. It isn't my job to just diagnose musculoskeletal impairments or to teach functional movement patterns. Motor and language skills are deeply intertwined and connected together. It's my job to recognize that every kid is a whole person and to see their potential beyond their motor skills. Movement is language. Everyone has something to say, and it is up to all of us to learn how to listen beyond words. Don't just listen with your ears. Listen with your eyes. Listen with your heart. It is all of our jobs as practitioners of any kind to always recognize this potential and to provide due opportunity to each of our patients. As a medical community, we must get better at making referrals and offering a chance rather than waiting and assuming. If I can leave you with one thought, it would be this. Meet them where they are at, but never let anyone limit their potential. As for Ben, don't worry. He got his speech eval, and of course he crushed it with the eye gaze. Way to go, Ben. And P.S. Ben, I wouldn't just pay a penny to hear your thoughts. I would pay a million pennies. Here's a story from Maya Allen, speech and language pathologist to our little buddy Austin from the LCMD Foundation. Hi, my name is Maya Allen, and I have been a pediatric speech language pathologist for over 16 years. And I want to quickly share with you a common theme that I've learned and continue to learn from the wonderful families that I work with. Working with children is my calling, but working with their families has been a gift. Not only a gift, but an honor. It's been an honor to accompany someone throughout the ups and downs of parenthood. Working with children with a variety of abilities and challenges has taught me about the power of resiliency and the human spirit. But working with their families and caregivers has taught me about the power to trust, patience, and extending yourself grace. Usually, a child is referred to me by a doctor, teacher, or parent who has concerns regarding the child's feeding or speech and language development. From there, an evaluation is completed, a plan of care is developed, and the therapeutic journey begins. But before I get started working with my clients, I have a conversation with the family and caregivers regarding development. I try to inform them that children grow and change constantly, but change takes time and change doesn't happen overnight. I know personally, whenever I try and learn a new skill or change an unhealthy habit, I often become frustrated that the change is not happening quickly enough as I would like it to. But then I remind myself, trust the process, be patient, 
and extend myself grace. With consistency and time, I will get there. And that's the same advice I have and give to my parents. Extend yourself grace. I know this can be a daunting, confusing journey with managing all the different appointments and therapeutic interventions being thrown at you. But try and remember, breathe and extend yourself grace. Try to remember that although the professionals have a multitude of opinions regarding the care and therapy for your child, you as the parent are very much a part of the care team and your opinion matters. I encourage you to have an open and vulnerable conversation with your care team. So hopefully all parties involved are on the same page with regards to care and expectations. I don't take my role lightly that someone is trusting me to be a part of their child's life who is extremely precious and valuable to them. From time to time, I'll get asked the question, how long do you think it'll take to achieve this goal? Or how long do you think my child will be in therapy? And my honest answer is, I don't know. But what I can tell you is that your child will change and will gain new skills. But it takes time. And every child's time development, it's different with achieving their goals. I have the privilege of knowing the science behind the therapeutic approaches and interventions, but I can only imagine how scary it is to feel as a parent to make the quote-unquote right decision for your child's care. But I try to encourage parents to ask questions in order to process the information given and try to encourage them that they're making the best decision that they can at the moment. That doesn't mean that you don't change your mind later, but it lets you know that you're doing the best you can. And that's enough. No one individual has all the right answers for what's best for your child. So you do what you can, when you can, whenever you can, because that is enough. That doesn't mean that challenges won't arise along the way, but over time, those challenges will be resolved. Everything in life takes time. And the same is true for therapy. The brilliant Brene Brown said, trust is earned in the smallest of moments. It is earned not through heroic deeds or even highly visible actions, but through paying attention, listening, and gestures of genuine care and connection. So I personally believe being a parent is the best and hardest job you will ever have. So enjoy the wins. Try not to get stuck on the losses. And most importantly, trust the process, be patient, and extend yourself grace. Here's a story from Sarah Putt friend and fellow podcaster who founded OT for Life. It's a podcast that she created where she nurtures a massive community and shares resources and ignites passion for all of the occupational therapists out there. Can I tell you one of my absolute favorite parts of working as an occupational therapist in early intervention? It's you. It's you, the parent. It's you, the caregiver. It's you, the kid. And it's not just you that makes this setting so special. It's the fact that I get to work so closely with the kids and their families. I've worked in many other settings within pediatrics, including being in the schools as well as outpatient clinics, but home-based early intervention is by far my favorite. First off, going into my client's home and being in their space makes for such a unique and special experience for me as a practitioner. Not only do I get to become familiar with where they live, the space that they live in, their environment. But I also get to meet their parents and caregivers, their siblings, grandmas and grandpas, aunts, uncles, neighbors, friends, and anyone else who happens to stop by during one of my sessions. 
And it's getting to know all these people within my clients' lives that is just so amazing and really just adds to understanding who they are, the supports that they have in place, and the entire network and village that it takes to raise a child. Another part of working in early intervention is that I become privy to the child and the family's daily routines. And that means that I can easily support and intervene if or when any barriers arise. That could be mornings, afternoons, evenings, mealtimes, sleep times, you name it. I can be there to support the families and the kids when they need it. And honestly, being in the client's homes and getting to know the family so well I feel like I'm able to support the families wherever they feel they need it. After some time working with the families, many start to even consider me as part of their own family. I never expected this when I first started as an occupational therapist and especially working in early intervention, but it has been one of the best parts of working in this setting. I feel like families will start to open up to me about things that they haven't talked to other people about. They feel comfortable asking me questions that come up about their child. They also ask my opinion on things. And the coolest thing is that I even get invited to birthday parties, adoption parties, and sometimes I even get a holiday card or two. When I first started as an occupational therapist, I never fathomed that I would work with kids so young, specifically within the birth to three years of age range, and also in their home environment. As I always thought, I would work with older kids. Like I mentioned previously, like I'd be working with them in schools or in clinics or something like that. But I am so glad that I stumbled into this practice area because it seriously lights me up. Working with little ones, especially those with rare genetic diseases, fills my cup up every day. Even though they are my clients, the kids and their families quickly become my friends. And it is just amazing to be able to be a part of their journey. So to all the parents and families out there who have ever worked with a therapist, especially those that come to your home, you may think that this is just a job for us. But let me tell you, it is way more than just a job. We do the work that we do because it's who we are. It is a part of us. And for many, it really is a calling. Know that we learn from you just as much, if not more, than you may learn from us. Know that your child and your family touch our lives and forever change us regardless of how long or short we work with you. I've seen a child once or twice, and I still think about them to this day. And that also goes for the clients that I've worked with for almost the entire three years that they were in early intervention. And sometimes I occasionally will get a brief message with an update from a family years later, and I can't even explain how happy it makes me. Working in early intervention is my passion, and it's because of the wonderful families and kids that I've had the honor to meet, work with, and support that is the absolute best part. Here's a story from Alyssa Hughes, rare mama and speech and language pathologist and founder of Purposeful Play Every Day. Being an SLP, that comes so naturally. Here is what I know. I love to read. I love to write. I love to rhyme and play and sing. Words. They are my everything. I love watching your kids grow and teaching you everything I know so you can teach them too. I love when the light bulb flickers and I can see they understand. I won't stop until they do. And if they still can't quite get, I will try something new again and again until the breakthrough. 
because we all need to communicate and I'll do whatever it takes to share that gift with you. Gestures, sounds, pictures, or signs, or smiles and your eyes. You show me what works best and I will do the rest. It's just so black and white to me as your SLP. But as your mom, it feels gray, like you don't hear anything I say, even when I know you do. I long for you to call me mama instead of scream and cry with drama. But I understand that you're mad. It just doesn't seem like there's an easy way to share what you need to say. But I need you to push through because I know what you can do. Please show others that you can hear, sign, and say, I don't care at all which way. Maybe I'll laugh at this someday because you have so much to say. I see so much of me in you, your love of books and signs, your love to play and sing. Now let's just regroup and do this one thing. Call me mama instead of scream. I love you, Trip. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, please share this show with your people and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate you all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you.